0: You're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast where we take one idea off of the Focus Compounding website and share with you here on the podcast for free. To read other ideas just like this, go to www.focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the word podcast as a promo code to get $10 off your monthly subscription price forever. Alrighty, we are ready to get going. My name is Andrew Kuhn, sitting alongside my co-founder and partner here at Focus Compounding, Mr. Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Andrew. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you very much for asking. So we are going to uh, be doing this podcast and going over an idea that was written up a few times, right, on the website? Yep, twice. Twice, and uh, the, the idea is Cheesecake Factory. Uh, it's a company that um, is currently at trading around $49.33 per share. Uh, it was first written up as a buy, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, right around $40 per share. Um, and, and, and as Jeff did allude to, it was written up twice. Uh, so for these podcasts, we're just going to kind of roll, kind of roll with it. Right. And just Mm -hmm. kind of talk about the, the idea. Um, you know, it was, like I said, it was written up on the website, talk about the business and then, um, you know, whether we do think it's still, um, you know, sort of actionable. So, uh, Cheesecake Factory, just a little bit of a, a backstory currently operating 208 restaurants, um, majority of them are cheesecake factories, 194 are cheesecake. Uh, they also have 13 Grand Luxes. And then they also have a few, uh, which is a newer investment for them, uh, Rock Sugar Southeast Asian Kitchen Mart. So they're looking to, to diversify a little bit and go mm-hmm. into uh, other types of restaurants. Do you you like Cheesecake Factory as a, as a company? Yes, I do. Oh, you like cake?
1: Yes, a ticker's cake.
0: Yeah, that, that yeah. is correct. I, mm-hmm. I, li- I like cheesecake, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually, we have a pretty premier mall by us in, um, in Frisco that mm-hmm. has Cheesecake and or cheesecake Factory. And I think that's, I don't know if I've ever walked in there and it, there's not like a 20 or 30 minute wait to, uh, yeah, to eat. Yeah, that's pretty
1: typical of their locations. Yeah, it's a good mall location uh, right by a uh, AMC mm-hmm. movie theater. And that tends to be where they cite theirs at pretty uh, prominent malls, often with a movie theater nearby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. If um, I had a lot of fun reading about the history of um, Cheesecake. I, what I did was I printed out every one of their annual reports, okay. and I just read them all the way back from when they first came out. And I just enjoyed reading about the history of the company. They, they started in um, 1972, if you can believe it, um, in California, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. as a small bakery shop. And it was started by a lady named Evelyn Overton, and then in 1978, her son, David, who is David olderton who's the current CEO, mm-hmm. he opened up his first cheesecake restaurant and it was sort of a huge success. And then that's kind of, um, you know, was built upon to, you know, the cheesecake factory that we know it is today. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So what do you like about cheesecake? What originally brought you, you know, to doing due diligence on the company? So it
1: has very high free cash flow. Um, the company started, like you said, uh, in seventies, but it wasn't until well into the nineties that it became big outside of California, mm-hmm. had a big growth phase until about the uh, financial crisis. It used to grow almost 20% a year, probably the revenue. And then after that, it's not, um, opened that many new stores since then, uh, new locations. And so because of that, it has a ton of free cash flow that's starting to produce.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm just going to take this from one of the posts, you know, cause you hit on the free cash flow, um, you know, he wrote about free cash flow was 186.7 million in 2016, um, and uh, which yielded six and a 6.5% free cash flow yield at 44 dollars per share. Uh, but what's pretty cool is they use 78.4% of their free cash flow to buy back um, a lot of their own shares and 22.7% to pay out in dividends.
1: Yeah, and uh, so the the company opens new uh, locations each year. And they're pretty expensive to open in the first place. The, these are huge locations. We should point that out. These mm-hmm. are, of all the restaurants around, Cheesecake Factory has the biggest uh, locations of any, probably any publicly traded restaurant It's company. like
0: 20,000 square feet or it's something. It's huge, right? yeah. yeah. And
1: the sales per square foot is pretty high. So you have um, some of the uh, highest volume locations that way. So I think it costs them about maybe $8 million to $10 million, uh, to to open a new location. They do lease the location, but just building it out to look like a cheesecake costs that much. So in recent years, I think they've spent $60 million or so a year just on building new locations. Um, so if they were to stop doing that, you'd have a lot of free cash flow. Basically, the capital allocation story here is that they do pay a little bit of a dividend, but basically they buy back stock and they open new Cheesecake
0: Factory locations. They aren't growing their other chains much at all. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty simple. Have you actually ever been to a Grand Lux cafe? No, I have not. Yeah, the, the only one that I have been to, and actually quite honestly, the only one I've seen was has been in Chicago on Michigan okay. Avenue, which is always pretty popular. But you walk in there and, I mean, you could totally get the vibe that they're owned by or that they're under the same company as like the company that makes Cheesecake Factories, because the vibe is totally the same. Even the menu is pretty much mm-hmm. the same.
1: They are doing an investment in a uh, restaurant that's kind of local to us, uh, North Italia, I think it is. Mm-hmm. They yep. have an option to buy more of that and grow it if they want to. Yeah, That's kind of a lottery ticket there, um, as well as their international growth. Um, they, they own and operate all the cheesecakes in the U.S., but outside the U.S., um, they're franchised. So they have a few of them that they're doing in other countries. They have one in Hong Kong, I think the UAE, some places
0: like that. Sure. So I one thing I'm always interested in, um, you know, when coming across an idea, is try to understand the other side of the investment, the Mm -hmm. bear case. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I feel like a lot of people uh, sort of they come up with the bear case for cheesecake being that malls are going to become obsolete and a Absolutely. lot of cheesecake factories are are in, you know, malls and you know how's that going to affect their traffic and mm-hmm. you know all sorts of things regarding that so wh- how do you think about um, you know cheesecake in regard to that, that and, is a big and risk. its future prospects and yeah if sure. they you know the Amazon effect or just traditional brick and mortar going becoming obsolete? How do you feel like that's going to affect cheesecake?
1: Sure. I mean, I don't think it's really a risk. Cheesecake is in mostly A malls. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned the one by us, which is Stonebriar. Um, it's actually situated right between a AMC with 24 screens and a Dave & Buster's, Yep. which is a Dave & Buster's is an arcade and food uh, place. Um, so it's a destination. And when you add cheesecake to that, um, it remains a destination even not for shopping. Um, so I think that's, uh, likely to be true in the future.
0: So you think it's more so, it's more of a destination instead of like a, like, it's like, I'm going to go to the mall cause I want to go to cheesecake instead of, I'm going to just, you know, stop at cheesecake cause I happen to be shopping at the mall and that sounds good.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I also think cheesecake generally we should point this out. Um, this is sort of anecdotal, but in researching the stock, we realized that cheesecake doesn't so much, um, court malls to try to get in them it's more the landlords at the malls wanting a cheesecake to open there
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it's seen as a very desirable tenant because it drives some traffic there sure um and i would say that while you can imagine having 50 percent, 75 percent fewer malls in the us i don't see that kind of drop happening at the kind of malls that they're in mm-hmm. and i actually think traffic will probably go up to those places over time and that a lot less will be shopping oriented
0: yeah you know? and and a lot of i mean you said that they obviously they lease a lot of their locations right uh, they lease all of them, all yeah. them and um you know so i mean the, i guess there's sort of a margin safety in that regard where if for whatever reason malls do become obsolete or whatever they could you know just kind of pick up and go somewhere else or where there's more traffic they sure, kind of yeah. have that, that, that flexibility yeah that's
1: a big issue with cheesecake they can't have that many locations there's mm-hmm. just not enough places to put them because they're so big they're at malls because it's the only place where enough people congregate. Sure. Um, and so in general, their, their rent is pretty high, but it's mostly a percentage of their sales. Um, the actual fixed level of the rent is not that high.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you remember, you know, did, do you remember what you tried valuing it as, or what do you think it could be potentially worth?
1: Yeah, so that, that's a little interesting because uh, the same store sales has been really poor recently. Mm-hmm. But that's a bigger issue that restaurant sales in the U.S. have been very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you attribute that to? I know we've sort of spoken a little bit about Yeah, the, I have a theory, theory about theory. it, which is different from everybody else, yeah. which is that... It's, was it's very interesting. So <laughs> yeah, It's it's due to supermarket pricing. Yeah. So there's a huge deflation in supermarkets, the most ever during an economic expansion. Mm-hmm. Not even close. I mean, it's, deflation in supermarkets almost never happens except during recessions in the U.S., you can look back. We have data going back to the 1950s on this. And in the last couple years, um, about two and a half years, you've had real deflation in the U.S. Um, and that's mostly, I think, competition from uh, companies like Walmart and Target that sell other things. And they're trying to drive people to their uh, stores by having cheap grocery prices, you know, as sort of lost leaders to bring other stuff in. But because of that, supermarkets have had a really tough time. And that's just made going to the supermarket more attractive. And I mentioned Dave & Buster's. Um, you can see then their results. They've had great results in terms of people coming in playing their games, but they haven't had great results in terms of food. And mm-hmm. the reason is probably people think that they can get food cheap at home and then go and spend more at Dave and Busters. So it's just the trade off and that's what happens with economics, that if you cut the price if you look supermarket pricing is down, I don't know, maybe in relative terms it's over 6% cheaper in the last couple of years versus restaurants. Because restaurant prices, menu prices have been going up 2% a year.
0: Because, yeah, I mean, I was just going to hit on that. The average check for cheesecake is, is per person $21, and that's been on the rise every single year mm-hmm. as well. Always. They mm-hmm. always increase it by something like 2%. Um, and...
1: That that's been consistent in the restaurant industry, whereas you've seen about a two percent decline in supermarket uh, pricing. So you'd play that out over two or three years, and it becomes very attractive for people to go to supermarkets instead of going to restaurants. And a very small change in um, volume at a cheesecake changes the same. You know th- what we're talking about here is instead of having same store sales up one or two percent, mm-hmm. it's down one percent. Mm-hmm. You know, and the stock reacts big time to the difference between up 1% and down 1% for a quarter year over year. Sure. So I think that's, yeah, it's a cyclical issue.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, jet, the, the like you said or said, the restaurant stocks, that's sort of been like this norm. And, and um, Cheesecake was trading, obviously, around like $40 a share when this was written up on our website. Mm-hmm. And then news came out that, um, was it Buffalo Wild Wings? Were they getting bought out or something yeah. like that? And then that sort of started, I think, to revamp the... the uh, the whole restaurant industry in general.
1: Yeah, and it's also interesting how cheap um, these full-service the casual dining restaurants are on mm-hmm. like an EV to EBITDA basis versus things like fast food. And uh, we looked at things that are franchised, um, like Dunkin' Donuts and... Um, Domino's and Yeah, and, and, and we had a, a write-up of a, of a Burger King, um, one of the biggest franchise uh, owner of Burger King's. Um, those things are pretty expensive versus um, things like cheesecake, chilies... Um, uh, Olive Garden and Texas Roadhouse and a couple of those have really good same-store sales mm-hmm. and their stocks are not
0: that cheap mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I was really saying Texas Roadhouse has been yeah, yeah. yeah I mean around uh, uh, EB to EBITDA Multiple or whatever it's it's a lot more expensive than yeah K-K These are very momentum driven
1: stocks in terms of people go into them when the same store sales is going up mm-hmm. and then get out of them when they're going down Um, There are instances where it just gets bad forever. Uh, Ruby Tuesdays is an example of that. They had continually worse same-store sales, and they never turned it around. Yeah. But a lot of companies do eventually turn around and most restaurant companies you look at had some point in their past where same store sales were poor mm-hmm. and cheesecakes, uh, as far as I can tell, they're not losing market share. Yeah. Their and, same store sales has not declined more than the industry.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, so taking the scuttlebutt approach to it, mm-hmm. I never go in a cheesecake factory and I never see it not busy or like people, I feel like everyone I meet with everyone, I, I say it's great because, um, whatever you have a taste for, you could get there. Cause they literally sell everything mm-hmm. and the quality of the food obviously is, uh, Really great. They have a
1: huge menu. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just to sort of talk about the valuation. um, I'll just, I took a little cut from the, from the write up and he Mm -hmm. said that, or he or she said that revenue for 2016 was 2.275 billion. Um, What he did was he took a, what he thought was a normal EBIT margin of 8.5%. And pre-tax owner earnings for 2016 um, and then he put a, a multiple what he thought was fair was a 15 multiple an yeah. EBIT for it okay. um, which came to 2.9 billion and then he subtracted out um, net debt of 51 million to get 2.85 um, billion in future value then he divided that by 49 million shares outstanding to get uh, a potential fair value of 58 dollars and 20 cents per share which at the time was um, the stock was trading at 76% of intrinsic value.
1: Okay, yeah. So, and that's pretty, uh, that's certainly not aggressive now because of the tax changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, When that write-up was done, uh, taxes would have been higher and generally restaurants would have a hard time um, having low tax rates. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that is a big difference. Uh, That EBIT uh, multiple of 15 now with a 21% tax rate is very reasonable.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, do you own it, Cheesecake Factory personally? No, I do not own Cheesecake Factory. Would you recommend people to that would be an interesting investment
1: uh yeah i think cheesecake factory is okay um and i think it's an interesting investment versus the market even at today's price i mm-hmm. think it was very attractive at 40 um the issue is that i don't see a huge upside for it other than buying back stock mm-hmm. um but you know i could be misjudging it because the multiple that the market will put on it could be really high if same store sales turn around Mm-hmm. Um, restaurants are, can have a very high valuation sometimes mm-hmm. when they're popular, and it's very easy to underestimate that. And historically, I think when picking stocks, I have underestimated stocks that had once been darlings of the market and then had dropped. And if you look at Cheesecake's um, longer-term stock performance, you can see that that it, it used to trade at much higher multiples.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I've also I read a pretty interesting theory for it being undervalued once um, people uh, they're saying that you know when the CEO retires. Uh, mm-hmm. sort of his succession plan or whatever. I mean, like this could be a perfect company for a private equity firm or somebody else to buy them out. you know. Yeah. And then you could lever them up, them up a little bit since they have such minimal debt. Yeah, so
1: sure. I mean, that, that would be easy to do. Um, the CEO is uh, really the founder of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the yeah. one who opened the first restaurants and he's still in charge of doing the menus. Um, he, he does the menu design. Um, so he's a big part of the company. And I don't know, he's in his 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so they said he was... There's been talks of him kind of slowing down within the next couple of years or so like that. You know?
1: Yeah, restaurants are very popular uh, LBO targets.
0: Yeah. yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. Well, perfect. Well, do you have anything else to add about this company?
1: Uh, no, all I would say is to compare it to other stocks in the industry mm-hmm. and um, to compare it to some peers at the same time. I think that you don't want to buy this unless you have experience. Uh, investing in restaurant stocks, because restaurant stocks are very, very sensitive to same store uh, sales. I mean, the multiples that you see on them, you mentioned Texas Roadhouse. um, They're valued really cheaply when things seem like the trend is negative, and then really high when it's positive. So be careful. You need to stick with it. If you're um, buying it, waiting for same store sales to turn positive, you have to stick with it and not sell out too early um, when same store sales are negative.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for uh, your analysis on cheesecake. And we hope everybody enjoyed it. Of course, you are listening to the Focus Compounding podcast, where we take one idea off of the Focus Compounding website and share it with you here for free. Um, to read more ideas about this, go to www.focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the word podcast as your promo code to get $10 off a month forever. Jeff, have a great day, buddy. Thank you.
1: Thanks.